Welcome to the Reaching the World Bible Church podcast. This is Pastor Henry and Ella Looney. Our prayer is that you enjoy the word for today. Well, Pastor, what are we talking about today? We're going to get right into our teaching. Um, we're continuing the series that uh, we started a, two, uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, we were talking about the subject matter of authority, of what authority is. And uh, we, we, we had made the statement about authority, and I want to say this from the very beginning, is that we can walk in authority. That's the series title. We can walk in authority. And we said the word authority means delegated power. Delegated power. And so God has given us authority on this earth. He's delegated that authority to, to us. And how primarily he does that is through his word. And as we get into this teaching, I want you to be praying God with me. We're going to fill in a few more gaps. And uh, we're going to see some things today that are going to help us to get even more understanding. We, we looked at the highlight of, of our original teaching was let's look at a man who learned to walk in authority because he was a man under authority. And that man, we found out, was the centurion, the Roman soldiers. And there's two key verses of text that I'm going to read right now um, because something God deliberately did, I mentioned it to us, but we need to have greater understanding in this. Again, what is authority? Delegated power. What is authority? Delegated power. Let me ask you one more time. What is authority? Delegated power. And that's what God has delegated to us. And he gave us an example of this centurion and how that works. In the book of Matthew chapter 8 and Luke chapter 7. I'm going to take a moment and read to you first Matthew Eight, and starting at verse 1. Matthew 8, starting at verse 1, says this. And when he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He asked the question, if thou wilt. And then he continued to say, and Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thy clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So we see, we see what God's will was. It was for him to heal. Always. We made that statement clear. And Jesus said unto him, sir, thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gifts that Moses commanded for testimony unto them. Verse 5 says this, And when Jesus was entering into Capernaum, there was unto him a centurion beseeching him. Remember, centurion is a Roman soldier. And saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. So he had a, a, a slave that was sick. A young boy we'll see in a moment. And Jesus said unto him, 
I will come and heal him. So Jesus' will is always to heal. This, but notice what happened. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come under my roof. But this is key. But speak the word. Say that. But speak the word only. But speak the word only. Say that again. The key scripture. We'll come back to that. And my servant shall be healed. The next verse says, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. And, and when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Nowhere in the country. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out unto our outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then verse 13 says this. And Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And notice this. And his servant was healed in the same hour. So we see here in Matthew 8, it looked like the centurion was there with Jesus. But then when we look at Luke 7, we're going to see something else. But God did this purposely. Because he wanted us to see this. What? If we look at Luke 7, starting at verse 1. Now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered Capernaum. Verse 2 says, And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. He was at the point of death. Verse 3 says, And when he heard of Jesus, notice, He sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servants. It didn't say he was there. He sent elders of the Jews, religious folks, friends of his. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he has built us a synagogue. The next verse says this. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, notice this again, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not myself, for I am not worthy that thou should enter unto my roof. Now, wait a minute. I'm going to stop here. Pastor, is this contradictory? Is this the same centurion, the same situation? Yes, it's the same centurion, same situation. No, it is not contradictory. How is that possible? Because of our definition of authority. The centurion a Roman soldier, a man under authority, 
Matthew said he was there. Luke said he sent first his Jewish leader friends to represent him. And then after they came back and told him that Jesus was on his way, he sent other friends to represent, represent him. How is this the same? It's an illustration that God wanted us to see how when you understand authority, delegated authority, when you send your word by someone or through someone, it's the same as you doing it and being there yourself. Look at his name and say, you get it? When he sent his servant, they totally messed it, totally agreed. Matthew just said it from a different point of view because he understood delegated authority. The centurion went because he sent his servants. It was just like him being there and saying it. That's exactly what God has done for you and I as believers. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. God is there in heaven with him. But Jesus sent not only his word through the Bible, but the Holy Spirit as to empower that word as the person of the Godhead on action, in action on this earth right now. But he sent that word to us when we speak God's word is exactly like God speaking his word through the delegated power. When you speak to a mountain, when you speak to a situation, you're speaking the word of God. Just like when Jesus did it when he was on this earth. When we understand that, we can understand there's power in our words. When we understand that, we understand I need to watch what I say. Because when I say it in faith, according to the word of God, it's going to come to pass every time. When I believe it and I receive it, it will happen every time. Look at the name say every time. God works. Healing, deliverances, finances. Every time. When I speak God's word, it's just like Jesus saying it. Do you get it? Pastor, you said this before. Yeah, I said it before, but I'm reemphasizing it. We got to understand this for us to walk in the full authority that God has given us. So, what do we entitle this message today? We entitled this today, This is what Jesus called marvelous or great faith. What? The delegated authority of his word. Why was the centurion pointed out as a great example of faith that was not seen any, anywhere in Israel? No one, not even the disciples, had demonstrated this kind of faith because he understood delegated authority. He esteemed the word of God. He respected God's word. He, when he said it, he honored God's word. 
and he expected it to come to pass. He expected it to come to pass. And that's the reason. Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing. How does faith come? By hearing the word of God. Has faith come to you this morning? Yes, because you heard the word of God. How many got ears to hear? When you heard the word of God. And you're going to get this even more and more. Because you went, you're in agreement with me that the Holy Spirit revealed to you the power in his word. It is so important. And we highlighted this message this way. When the centurion said to Jesus, just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. That is what the centurion knew and we must know. That's what we must know to walk and live in great and marvelous faith. What? Just speak the word only. When you speak the word only, you don't need any other isms and schisms. You don't need anything else. You just need to esteem and value and respect the word and speak it and expect it to come to pass. And you know what? It will come to pass. The more our minds are renewed to that fact or transformed to the empowerment of God's word, the more we're going to walk in health and healing. The more we're going to call our bodies healed, whole, and well. The more we're going to call finances in. What are we going to do? We're going to speak the word only. What the word says about the word says himself bore our infirmities and our sicknesses. The word says by his stripes we are healed. The word says that he supplied all our need according to his riches and glory. The word says that, that we can have what the word says we can have. What do I need to do? I need to do what the word says I, I can do. And I need to expect it to come to pass. Look at his name and say, are you understanding this? This will change our lives. It will. When you understand that what you say, that God said, will come to pass. Because you said it. For you, you'll have what you said. That means, don't doubt. What if I ain't got my healing yet? It's on its way. When? Soon. What if my money ain't got here yet? It's on its way. When? Soon. Are you going to change your confession and say, oh, I guess it wasn't God's will? No! Because he already said his word is his will. And he's given us his word. We're going to see in a minute the centurion didn't leave any doubt. He said, we saw it already. He said, just speak the word. We're going to see it in a different translation or two. Just speak the word. We're emphasizing the importance of the delegated word that God has given us. This delegated word? Yes. But this delegated word that you and I speak for ourselves, for our children, for our community for our lives, for your grandchildren. You can have what the word says you can have. 
you can be what the word says you can be. If you believe it by faith and receive it. Well, if that is, you know, if that's true, then Pastor, then if God said it, shouldn't it, shouldn't it just fall on me? Well, God said, is his will for all to be healed. But all aren't healed. Why? Because everybody hadn't believed. His, God said it's a will that all, that, that all be saved. But not everybody's saved. Why? Because all hadn't believed. All hadn't received. For you and I to walk in the fullness of the empowerment of God is not just because it's the will of God. How many know there's a lot of things happening in the world that aren't the will of God? There's a devil in this world. He's doing some stuff. That's not the will of God. That's the reason you, you can't say it. Everything that happens is God's will. And you can't base what you believe or what you believe you're going to have on if it's the will of God. You got to believe the will of God and walk and act on the will of God and receive the will of God. Just because it's, if it's God's will for you doesn't mean it will happen for you if you don't believe it and receive it and act upon it. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting this. So if something is God's will for me to have it, I got to believe that, I got to receive that, I need to say that, and act upon that. And then it's coming to pass. Amen? Pastor, is that really important? That's vital. That's essential. We said last week, you got to settle that. You got to have that settled. When you have that settled, there's no doubt. You just start speaking like the... the uh, uh, Centurion did. Let me look at a few scriptures. I'm just going to read these quickly to you, just for time's sake. What are we talking about? We need to look at what the, what the Word says about the power of Scripture. Scriptures show us how important the Word of God is. What scriptures? We're just going to look at a few of them. 2 Peter 1, verse 20 and 21. 2 Peter, what a translation you have, read that. I'm going to read it from the ERV, the easy to read. And I read a lot of this from the ERV, and I'm just going to read it quickly, just due to time's sake. 2 Peter 1, verse 20, says this. Most important of all, you must understand this. No prophecy in the scripture comes from the prophet's own understanding. Notice verse 21. No prophecy ever came from what some person wanted to say, but people were led by the Holy Spirit and spoke words of God. We're talking about true prophecy. When a prophet speaks the word of God, it comes to pass every time. We see that in the Old Testament. We see it in the New. Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. Another example of how important the word is. Isaiah 55, 10. Rain and snow fall from the sky and don't return until they have watered the ground. Then the ground causes the plants to sprout and grow, and they produce seeds for the farmer, and food for the people to eat. That's great for all farmers to have. You ought to get this word. But notice, there's a spiritual connotation to that. Verse 11, in the same way, my words leave my mouth. God's word. You using God's word. And they don't come back without results. 
my words, God's words that you and I use, make the things happen that I want to happen, God says. They succeed in doing what I send them to do. Every time God's word comes out of your mouth, when you believe and you receive that word and you act upon it, you will, they will succeed, God's word, of what he wants to do and what you want to do in your life. That's where you've got to be in agreement with God in this word. Romans 3, 4 in the ERV says this. No, even if everyone else is a liar, a lot of folks do lie, God will always do what he says. Thank God. We can count on him. Look at him say, you can count on God. You can count on his word. Amen. As the scripture says about him, you will be proved right in what you say. And you will win when people accuse you. When you say God's word. It's important to know these things. It's important to get them in the heart. And then I'm going to read this quickly. Before the world began in John 1. John 1, first 1. Before the world began, the word was there. Jesus. The word was with God and the word was God. Jesus. He was there with God in the beginning. Jesus. Everything was made through him, Jesus. And nothing was made without him, Jesus. In him these, there was life and, their light, and that life was a light for the people of the world, Jesus. The light shines in darkness and the darkness has not defeated it, Jesus. Therefore, darkness can't defeat us when we're in Jesus. And notice what verse 14 in John 1 says in the King James. The word became a man and lived among us, Jesus. We saw his great, his divine greatness, the greatness that belongs to the only son of the father. The word was full of grace and truth, Jesus. When we speak the word, we're speaking grace and truth. We're speaking Jesus into the situation. That's where the scripture said, mix faith with it. Mix the word of God with it. That's delegated power that you're mixing in your situation. Now, let's look at the centurion's faith again. Understanding delegated power. Understanding the example that God intentionally gave us in Matthew and Luke. That when you send your word through your representative or to your representative is just like you saying it, just like you being there. Remember we said last week, it's your power of attorney that you've been given. Our attorney is Jesus. The centurion, a soldier, a man under authority, a man who, when he said something, he had authority because when his superior spoke to him, he honored what they said. He understood submission and authority. You and I can't walk in the full power of delegated authority unless we understand submission and authority. The example, what Jesus called great faith, marvelous faith that you and I can have. We see it with the centurion, the centurion faith. Let's look again at Matthew 8, starting at verse 1. This time we're going to look at it in the Living Bible, the TLB. It says this, large crowds 
followed Jesus as he came down the hillside. Look, a leper is approaching. He kneels before him, worshiping. Sir, the leper, please, if you want to, you can heal me. Jesus touched the man. I want to. Jesus always wants to heal. He says, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. Always is God's will to be healed. Notice verse 4. Then Jesus says to him, don't stop to talk to anyone. Go right over to the priest to be examined and take with you the offering required by Moses' law for lepers who are healed, a public testimony of your cure. When Jesus arrived in Capernaum, a Roman army captain, the centurion, came and pled with him to come to his home, heal his servant boy who was in bed paralyzed and racked with pain. He was in bad shape. He was at the point of death. Notice the 20th century of what Matthew 8, 6 says. And saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick with the palsy, grievously tormented. I mentioned that word torment before. That word torment is a type of hell. Torment, we see in different places, is a taste of hell. That's the reason we can never think that God puts sickness on someone to show them something or to teach them something. That's deceptive. That's wrong. God does not use the devil's tools. And he's not going to put hell on his children. You know that as a parent yourself. You're a good mother, a good father. If your child's under attack, and we've all been under attack of the enemy. We've experienced some torment, whether it was a cold or whether it was the flu. or whether was, That's torment. That's being vexed. That's not God. God doesn't do that. And that's the reason he gave us healing. God's perfect will is health, healing, wholeness, and wellness. How do you know that? We see it at the very beginning of time, and we're going to see it at the end of time. What? God's perfect will. God's perfect will at the beginning, when he created Adam, Adam was perfect. When he created Eve, she was perfect. No sickness, no disease. Nothing. They were perfect until the fall. When you look at the end of time revelation, God, Jesus is going to come back. He's going to restore everything. Mortal is going to be turned into immortal. All healing, wholeness, and wellness. No torment. That was that. So we see at the end, perfection will be restored. We want to know God's will, look at the beginning and look at the end. But we're not living there. We're living in between. Now, and the in-between, the beginning and the end, has been influenced by sin. It's been influenced by the devil. And that's the reason we need healing. It's a taste of restoration. 
We see that. There's no torment. Matthew 8, 6 says this in the 20th century translation. And saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick with palsy, grievously tormented, came from the devil. And it's a, and as I said, it's a taste of hell. We see that in Luke 16, verse 24. Luke 16, verse 24 says this. And he cried and said, we, we, you, this is Ape, Father Abraham, Lazarus, and the rich man. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in the flame. Torment in the flames of hell. Here, Lazarus woke up in hell. Or the rich man, excuse me, woke up in hell. Lazarus did too. But Lazarus was a believer. He was in what was called Abraham's bosom. A gulf separated. But the torment was where the rich man was. And he said, and he said in, 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 in uh, verse 27, then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify to them, lest they also come into this place of torment. The rich man said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus and send somebody from, 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 that had died so that they go and tell my family, don't live like I live. Or they're going to experience this vexing torment. Hell. Abraham told him later on in that verse, no, the prophets are there to give him the word. And you know what? God did send someone from, from death. Jesus. To tell us all about paradise and not going to hell. Torment, vexation is a type of hell. God would never put that on his children. Look at your neighbor. Say, God won't make me sick. Sickness is not of God. The devil is the one that came to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. Notice this interior. We see something about him in Luke 7, 2. The young boy was his, was his servant, but he loved him. We didn't see that in Matthew, but we see it in Luke 7, verse 2. And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. The centurion loved his servant, and he didn't want him to die. Verse 7 in the, in the uh, Living Bible says this. He answered the question. Yes, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Then the officer said, Sir, I am not worthy to have you in my home. And it isn't necessary for you to come. If you will only stand here and say, be healed, my servant will get well. No doubt, is it? I know. Notice this soldier. Not a religious person so uh, or in Bible school or a teacher, but a soldier. He said, I know because I am under the authority of my superior officer, 
delegated authority. And I have authority over my soldiers. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave boy, do this and, or that, and he does it. And I know you have authority to tell this sickness to go, and it will go. Notice where he said the word, what to tell, what to speak to. Not to the boy, to the sickness. He told the sickness to, he said, I know if you just speak the word only, the sickness will go. Verse 10, Jesus stood there amazed, turned to the crowd. He said, I haven't seen faith like this in all the land of Israel, not even his disciples. He said, and I tell you this, that my Gentiles, that many Gentiles like this Roman officer shall come from all over the world and sit down in the kingdom of heaven with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Many that are going to be saved and going to come and, and sit down and, and are going to hear this. But he, notice what he said in verse 12. It's interesting. And many an Israelite, those from whom the kingdom was prepared, shall be cast into outer darkness, into the place of weeping and torment. They didn't make it in. Some won't make it in. That should have. They heard the word. They didn't believe it. They didn't receive it. That's where he put this in. Look at me. This is the reason he put this in. Where you think you ought to find faith sometime, you won't. And then, where you unexpect to see faith, You'll see it. Centurion is our example. He was a man under authority. Delegated authority. He had men under him. He understood when the word goes forth and you believe it and you receive it and you act upon it, you'll have what it says. And then notice what happened in verse 13. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go on home. What you have believed has happened. And the boy was healed that same hour. That same hour. When the word was spoken, the power went and he received. Notice verse 8 in the Passion Translation. It's interesting. But the Roman officer interjected, Matthew 8, 8. Lord, who am I to have you come unto my house? I understand your authority for I too am a man who walks under authority and have authority over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go and he'll go and another to come and he'll come. I command my service and they'll do whatever I ask. So I know that all you need to do is to stand here and command healing over my son and he will be instantly healed. When you speak the word of God, that God, the word only the King James says here in the Passion, you command healing by saying that word on your body. In this case, the centurion on his servant, who here, notice he called his son. He loved him. What happened? Verse 10, Jesus was astonished, amazed. King James says, when he heard this and said to those who were following him, he has greater faith than anyone I've encountered in Israel. 
even his disciples. What is he going to say about reaching the world bound for church? What is he going to say about you? Is he going to say, that reaching the world Bible church group, they got greater faith than I ever seen. Why? Because you're learning how to speak to mountains and see them move. You have confidence that what God said in his word, you can say and you'll have that very same thing. Amen. Man, if you really got that, you'd be running and jumping and shouting, jumping pews and, and doing all kinds of sorts of things. When we really get this understanding of this, we're going to start acting different. You're going to start feeling different. You're going to start, your, your body is going to come in line with what you say about it because God said it. You're the head, not the tail. You're more than the conqueror. You're overcome. Greater is he's in you than he's in the world. Notice what the King James says. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Are you speaking the word of God? I'm finna stop. Look at Nathan and ask him. Are you speaking the word? Are you speaking the word of God? Point to yourself. Am I speaking the word of God? Am I believing the word of God? Am I honoring the word of God? Am I respectful of the word of God? The more you honor the word, the more you honor, the more you speak it, the more you respect it, the more you esteem it, the greater levels you're going to walk in it. Try it. Don't just try it. Do it. Be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. Glory to God. Uh, Y'all, God showed me so many more things about this. He's showing it. He's, he's honoring us by giving us this word. He's showing us some things that we can do to have it. I'm about to finish. Ezekiel 12, 25. Ezekiel 12, 25 says this. We're talking about God has a word for everything, for every situation. For all your circumstances, for all your situations, for your health, for your healing, for your child, for your grandchild, for your job, for your finances, God has a word. And when you go into that word and you get it and you say what God says, you're going to get what it says every time by the empowerment of the delegated authority, the delegated power that comes from God. Ezekiel 12 verse 25 says this. For I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. It shall be no more prolonged, for in your days, what days? Ezekiel was looking for into our days by faith. For our days, for your days, a, re a rebellious house, you used to be rebellious. Will I say the word and will perform it, says the Lord God. We used to be rebellious when we didn't know God. We were saying all kinds of things. But God looked into our time through Ezekiel and say, for your days, speak the word and I'll perform it. And we'll have what he said we could have. We'll do what he said we could do. And we'll be what he said we could be. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Look at your neighbor and say this. Father God, I'm going to speak the word. The centurion said it, and he got it. You have no preference of person. When I say that what you said, 
I will get it every time. I'll speak the word only, and I'll get the results that you want me to have because you promised them to me. In Jesus' name, amen. First word that we need to speak to, if you haven't done it yet, if you're out there in the e-church and you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, that's the first miraculous thing, the greatest miracle that we can have, that we can be marveled at, is by making him our Savior, is by making him our Lord. What do we do when we get saved? We confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart, and we are saved. We have, or we can have, if you don't have it yet, what God said you could have. And salvation is the first step into the supernatural empowerment of God. So right now, without, I'm actually do this, I don't actually do it all the time, but all heads bowed and all eyes closed. Everyone in here, every head bowed, every bow, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you haven't made Jesus Lord, you're at home, you're by yourself, or you're with, with, with someone, your head's bowed, your eyes are closed. If you haven't asked Jesus into your heart, into your life, now's the time. You're going to receive that delegated authority, that delegated power of salvation right now. So as we say, I'm going to say it first and you're going to repeat it after me. You're going to receive the miracle of salvation. Let's pray. Repeat after me. Father God. Everyone, repeat after me. Father God, right now, I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart. You died for me. You paid the price so I could have life eternal, so that I could have healing, so that I could have wholeness, so that I could have wellness right now. You have forgiven my sins and cleansed me of all unrighteousness. I am saved. I am free. I'm a brand new creature in Christ. Amen. Amen. You just prayed that prayer. You just started a brand new walk with God. We got some materials we want to give you. On the bottom of the screen, you're going to see if you're at home or in-house, you're going to see three mini books come up and a QR code. You can scan this QR code with your phone, and when you, when you scan it, it'll take you to, to a video where I'm talking about what it means to be saved. What, and if you want to be a member of Reaching World Bible Church, we say welcome to the family. Mainly, if, you want to, if you've never been, if you want to be a member of the body of Christ, the family of God, we say welcome to the family. That's the main family we all need to be a part of. Amen? And we thank God that you are part. When you, just, when you just prayed that prayer, you just became a brand new creature in Christ. And delegated power is at your faith tips, at your words, when you speak the word of God. Jesus will back you up every time. Amen. How I many thanking God for that?